Hey, you. Thanks for tuning in to the very first episode of American Sex Podcast. This is Sunny Megatron, one of the hosts of American Sex. Well, this isn't episode one, Sunny Megatron. This is episode 39, Sunny Megatron. You see, in April 2018, Doc told me I had to hop into the DeLorean and go back to August 2017 to tell you this. So before you dive into our first few episodes recorded in 2017, I've got a bit of a disclaimer for you. Think of American Sex Podcast as your favorite pair of jeans. Remember when you first brought them home from the store, right? They were stiff and kind of tight, even a little uncomfortable. But with each wear and each wash, they got a bit more comfortable and loose. They molded to the curves of your body. And eventually, they felt like a part of you. Yeah, what I'm trying to say is... When you listen to earlier episodes of American Sex Podcast, they are a little rough around the edges. You know, we're a 100% indie podcast. We don't have producers or a fancy sound studio. I do the editing and I have never had even one second of sound engineering training. Basically, Ken and I started this thing with no idea what we were doing. But as we've grown, our sound quality's improved. Hey, we even got fancy new microphones. We've polished the rough edges on our show. Since each American Sex Podcast episode stands alone, feel free to skip around a little bit to see what interests you the most. Some of our most popular episodes are Christmas episode with Dominatrix Snow Mercy, our interview with porn sensation Asa Akira. Oh, episode 14 with Samwell. He's the what, what? in the butt. I said, what, what, in the butt guy. Oh, he's great. Also, episode 35, we talked to an Egyptologist, Kara Cooney. Even our most recent episode, episode 38, is all about urethral sounding, and it is a good one. You're going to want to just dive right down in that one. Get it? It's a urethral sounding pun, like dive right down in. Never mind. So yeah, it gets better. And I bet it will continue to get even better than that. Hell, you know, I might be back recording a new series intro when we're at episode 200 saying, oh, geez, you know, forget everything before episode 150. Everything's great now. So thanks, new friends, for diving into American Sex Podcast. And I promise it's going to be a wild, fun ride. Enjoy. America has a strange relationship with sex. We're obsessed with it, but it terrifies us. We censor it because it's constantly being shoved down our throats. But our dirty little secret is we like things shoved down our throats, especially when we're in bondage, we're wearing leather, we're being slapped around a little bit, and oh, God. I'm Sunny Megatron. Join Ken Melvoinberg and I as we explore, dissect, and demystify American sex. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. American sex with Ken Melvoin Berg and Sonny Megatron. He's laughing at me. Do you know why? Do you know why? Because we have a TV show. Ken is a movie producer. He's been on TV a bunch of times. I got my own show, but. We have recorded the beginning of this podcast 17 million times. 17 million times. But this one is the for real. We're, we're good to go. This is our golden shot. I thought you were going to say golden shower. 
<laughs> that's get, a different episode. They have to get to know us a little bit first before we start peeing, Ken. Yeah, that's true. So Let's we, warm them up a little bit. We are Sonny Megatron and Ken Melvoinberg. We are not only sexuality educators, but if you can't tell from our already... We are married. Yeah, we're married. Our, our love language is bickering. And this is American Sex, which I'm really happy that we're doing this. And I'm really happy this is going to be the real time that we start the recording and not one that we throw in the garbage. Because we have been planning this podcast. Because for- Americans throw too much stuff in the garbage. Oh, shit. We're fucking wasteful again. I know we're wasteful. We're being stereotypes right now. But this is, I think, the third year we've been having this podcast in the works. We keep going, podcast is coming, it's coming. And and we recorded a couple of episodes that are lost episodes. Maybe one day we'll just release They'll show them up for on fun. Patreon Yeah, like Patreon subscribers, which, by the way, listen for our Patreon if you want to support us. Maybe you'll get these lost episodes of three years ago, all the... And at that time, we were going to talk about serial killer and true crime stuff in addition to sex. So take a look specifically for the episode on analingus and John Wayne Gacy. Mm -hmm. John Wayne Ganalingus, for (laughs) sure. We had a number of names and ideas for a podcast. And then the name American Sex went off like a light bulb. And we went, that's it. That is... I know it really resonated with me. It was something that... You know, there's a there's a really big patriotic part of me that although I'm somebody who is very liberal in most of the things that I do in life, I'm like I served in the military. I come from a military family, and I think that this is one of the greatest countries in the world, and it has the potential to get even greater. And I think that one of the best ways we can express ourselves to assist with that greatness is through sex and learning about it and doing more with it. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that. What does American sex mean to you, Sonny? As a country, we are fucked up. We have a very, very strange relationship with sex and and relationships and gender roles and all that stuff. On one hand, we're obsessed with it. We have sex everywhere in our advertising, in beauty and fashion standards, in the media. It's all in my inbox on Facebook and Snapchat because if I get another goddamn unsolicited dick pic, I'm going to fucking scream. Okay, wait, I got to interrupt for just one second, because one of the coolest things that you have done, she was so pissed off about these dick pics that she started out on Snapchat, and then she made these hilarious pictures. So if you can, can you tell them what your Snapchat code is or your Snapchat? Yeah, it's at tag. How do the kids do the Snapchat these days? The kids do the Snapchat by going to Sunny underscore, it's S-U-N-N-Y underscore Megatron. And I have a lot of my um, Snap stories that I recorded and I put on YouTube. I'm just Sunny Megatron on YouTube. I'm super easy to find. But look for the dick pic stories. Those are pretty funny. Yeah. But yeah, and you won't see actual dicks. By the way, I don't think most of the time. You know, no, no dicks at all. I draw, draw over the dicks. Draw over them, right? I made one into Darth Vader, and there was Star Wars. Music and I'm a huge Star Wars guy, so yeah, it was. It was. It, I was very. Proud oh, by of the way, we're also geeks. Everybody, we're gaming geeks. We play Dungeons and Dragons, uh, Call of Cthulhu, like board games, video games, you name it. And like, we are all about the gaming. But but but. but. Back to American sex. Why, Back to American why sex. American sex? So we are over sex and puritanical at the same time. We are driven and motivated when it comes to sex by shame, embarrassment, lack of education. We can't get enough of sex, but also at the same time when we talk about it, we can't do it without giggling and being embarrassed and using euphemisms. And not only are the negative effects of this contradiction about sex in our country evident in each and every one of our own personal lives, even us who are very sex positive and open, we still have to 
you know, D, not decompress, D, what's a D, you know, you do to cult people, D program. Yes. You know what? It's, <laughs> but you know what, Sonny? It's evident in what our laws and government says is acceptable for any, from everything from LGBTQ rights to obscenity laws to reproductive rights and a whole laundry list of other stuff. Well, even like social media, right? Yeah. Facebook. Okay. Facebook. It is totally cool to show man, man nipples, nipples, but not women nipples. Or, you know, people who are sexu- sex therapists who have very legit businesses based on sexuality. I wish that I had huge areolas because I would go shirtless all the time with those. Even if you did, it would I, be okay because you're a but, man But nipple. there's something more erotic about large areolas to me. But would it be erotic on yourself? Like, would you look in the mirror and be like, yeah, yeah look at my own areolas. Look at my own hairy nipples, my areolas. <laughs> no but you know people who are sexuality professionals that are therapists and very quote-unquote legit can't even advertise on social media because they're considered perverted and obscene and that sex is a part of most people the majority of people's you know maybe not everyday lives but lives but but i think that it affects us as professional sex educators this is one of the things that can be an issue because there's some people that just can't pay us via normal avenues like paypal because the word sex is in our job title in some way shape or form so it actually becomes an issue with everything from having a bank account to like what you're doing with uh, like legal matters if you end up like god forbid in a divorce Mm -hmm. you know or something along those lines you know, but it's, you know, we are a little bit messed up when it comes to sexuality. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I think about some of the most conservative areas in the country. They're the ones with the highest porn con- uh, porn conception. <laughs> do, they, do they get pregnant when they're watching porn? No. because They must too, be doing it wrong. No, they're too embarrassed. <laughs> That's why they need sex education right there. Porn conception. <laughs> no, they're too embarrassed <laughs> to watch porn with their spouses, so they sneak around or, you know, th- those same states have the highest STI rates, the highest unwanted pregnancy rates. They're the states that don't have comprehensive sex ed and everything's all. And by the up. way, um, all my friends that are sex workers or uh, professional dancers, like erotic dancers, make bank when they go to Utah. When they go to Salt Lake City, they make so much cash. Mm-hmm. Oh, totally. Because those people are very, very repressed there. And I think that, um, you know, like hopefully this will open up some eyes and ears and minds uh, in everything from the state of Utah to Rhode Island to Illinois, Michigan, Alaska, Bible and belts. everything and everything in between. The great state of Tennessee. I love every one of the states. I've been to most of them. Uh, and I can say that everyone, every single state has its own charm and that I think that, you know, American sex is going to help people, especially in the areas where the word isn't reaching out quite as much. And I have to say that we are not being selfish or alienating because all of you international listeners right now, because I know we have a lot of fans all over the world. We have a show, a TV show called Sex with Sunny Megatron on Showtime in the U.S. And it is in Italy. It's huge in Italy. I in get, Canada. I get fan mail from Italy. We actually filmed half day. of it in Canada. Yeah. yeah. Italy. Brazilians love you. Mm-hmm. Australia. So that's Poland, not to say that people. Spain. From, Portugal. Yeah. Everywhere. It's not to say from people from other parts of the world aren't going to benefit from listening to American sex. Um, but we're Americans. Please do. We encourage you to listen. We don't want to alienate anybody for any reason. Right. We're, we're Americans and we teach about sex and sexuality from our points of view. We're, you know, from Americans and we wrote our show. We pretty much wrote 
did everything. I mean, we did everything for our show. We cast it. We wrote it. We, I mean, it's not just somebody else came up with the show and slapped our name on it. Like, that's our baby from it is. conception to, to, to a final edit. Exactly. Exactly. So, And it was an amazing process. And I have to say uh, thank you to a few people because of the show, especially to our good friend and partner, Paul Fishbein. Uh, we wouldn't have had anything without you, good sir. Like, you did so much for us, and we just wanted to say how much we appreciate you. Uh, and Jay and Tony from the Jay and Tony show. Come on, um, who are you kidding? They're not listening. Yeah, they're not fucking listening. They're <laughs> I, not listening. Jay and Tony, I listen to your podcast. We listen to your fucking podcast. Yeah. Jay, you don't have broken fingers. You can fucking call me. You have my number, man. <laughs> I never got to go for that ride with you and Richard Grieco. I remember. I remember. It was supposed to be gun shooting at 3 a.m. and Richard Grieco going down Hollywood Boulevard. We had that bromance. I miss you. <laughs> and thank you to all of our Canadian friends as well from Trek. Yes. So, hmm, American sex. I think American that, sex. I think that covers it. You just like like it's. I just American like saying it. Sex. American sex. American sex. I don't know. Should we take a break? Yeah, let's take a break, and then when we come back, we're going to do a getting to know you. Getting to know all about you and me and our bickering and our lives and why we're here and how we got to this point. So sponsor time. Be right back. Friends of mine are friends of Love Honey too. All Sunny Megatron fans get 10% off everything at Love Honey's US site by using the link bit.ly backslash lovehoney10. That's B-I-T dot L-Y backslash lovehoney10. Want to know which sex toys, accessories, and BDSM gear Ken and I recommend? Well, hop on over to SunnyMegatron.com to read our reviews. Every time you click a product link or use a coupon code on our website, we get a bonus. Discount codes and special links you hear on this podcast benefit us too. So look at that. You can support our show and get discounts on sexy gear all at the same time. Now that is a win-win. And we're back. Yay. This is American Sex with Sonny Megatron and Ken Melvoin Berg. And I just have to say that when you listen to our little sponsor breaks, when you patronize the sponsors that help support our podcast. So please, please do so. Ken, Sonny, I think. My now, lovely now, wife. Now, we did explain that we're married. We did explain that we're sexuality educators. We did. We are older. I wouldn't say we're old, but we're older than people think we are. I am 46. I'll probably be 46 by the time this airs. I'm not quite 46. I'm closer to 50 yet. than I am to 40. I'm mm-hmm. going to be 49 this year. Are you? I almost, well, yeah, I am. I'm going to be 49 this year. There comes a point where I don't even keep track. Like, I don't even know how old So I'm this are. close to 50. Ooh, I'm actually exciting. looking. So, like, I, I love getting older. And I know that sounds kind of like a weird thing, but it's always been a goal of mine since I was a kid to be Santa Claus. And every year I get older, my beard gets better. My hair gets grayer. I get more Santa Claus-like with each passing decade. Yeah. And I, oh, 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 I just oh, like getting older. Oh, oh, oh. Cause you want to sit on my lap, little girl? Yes, I do. Give me a present, Santa. No, actually, we're both <laughs> dominant, so that wouldn't work. But we'll get to that. Um, I, I just like being older because I'm smarter. I know more menopause is kind of weird getting some chin hairs, but I, everyone thinks I'm like 28, so I'm cool. 
with that. I mean, not that I kind of want to look old. Like I, I like older looking woman faces. Me I too. W- I always felt I looked too young when I was younger. Once I got to be about about forty, I was like, okay, I'm starting to look like I've used my face a little. Oh, for sure. Like especially um, for me, like women like Helen Mirren or Jamie Lee Curtis are just so amazing looking. Like mm-hmm. I just I love the way that women look naturally as they age. Good. That's erotic. I'm glad you enjoy my four chin hairs and my saggy tits, Kat. I love them. So introduce yourself first. So here's a little bit about uh, me for those of you who don't know who I am. My name is Ken Melvoinberg. I'm originally from Grand Rapids, Michigan. I now live with Sonny and our two daughters, our two dogs and three cats in the city of Chicago. I am an author, a journalist, a professional sex educator, and I also do TV and movie production Uh, So I spend most of my time uh, writing a lot. I do a lot, a lot of writing about sex, uh, mostly about sex-related stuff, but also about true crime, serial killers, and the paranormal. Uh, Yes, I'm also a professional psychic. That's one of the the odd things about me. I have some of the most interesting jobs of any human being that I know. I started off, I had lots of different jobs through the years, but the ones that I had the longest were I was in the United States military. After that, I was a student, traveled around, and then I became a professional psychic, ended up in the city of Chicago, where I worked at the Metro as a bouncer, and then uh, opened up my own store as uh, an occult bookstore that I opened up, which coincidentally, Sonny's mom, unbeknownst to both her and I. Like 10 years before we met, yeah, before my we mom met, went. Like, so, was a regular at my store. Yeah. And I remember, I, and it's so foggy, like I wish I had a better memory because I could swear that she said there was a cute guy that she wished I could be with, but I was with somebody else at the time and you were with somebody else at the time. Yes, it was Satan. I, right. I was married to Satan at that time and Satan and I no longer talk. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of funny that I don't know, 10 or 15 years after that was when we actually first officially met, which is Yeah, but even even more interesting than that, I remember when I saw you, uh, so there was a period of time when I followed the Grateful Dead around. I came to a show in Chicago, saw this beautiful pregnant woman with curly hair at a Grateful Dead show in Chicago. And I just remember staring at her so intently and looking at her and thinking how pretty she was. And this ended up being my wife years later. Isn't that weird? Some kind of destiny. Yeah, so I moved to Chicago, occult bookstore. Then uh, I taught a bunch of classes there, which included things on like ghost investigation, ghost stories. Started a business called Weird Chicago Tours with my good friend Toy Ta- uh, Troy Taylor. And we sort of branched off and started doing sex tours. And then I became a sex educator, uh, like well before I moved to Chicago, actually, but continued on with the sex education all the way up till today, where I specialize in advanced topics in BDSM, like abduction and interrogation, humiliation, fear play, how to do spanking, but also basic sexy stuff right. like uh, with that I teach with Sonny, like blowjobs and G-spot or prostate classes. Yes, we teach all our classes together. As a is, couple. Yeah, I like that. Now, for me, if you couldn't tell from Ken's story, we didn't meet a long time ago. We, we've been together like nine years? Ten yeah, years, yeah, like, like nine or ten years. And we've only been married. It's almost our third anniversary, Ken. I know. Yeah, it's coming up. Do you know what Do you know what number three is? The traditional... I know what number one and number two are. But... <laughs> number three? Because like, number, was number two clocks? Like it was paper, then clocks? No, I did the modern ones. Like paper and clocks are the modern ones. I oh, don't remember. okay. I don't remember what the traditional... But the traditional Is this a made-up hoo-hoo one? No, the traditional for three leather is it really yeah it's our leather anniversary 
we got to do something cool for that. Okay. Let's do some leather stuff. Anyway, so me, 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 me. I grew up in Chicago, the daughter of a single mom, and I kind of had your average stereotypical confusing teenagehood during the 80s. I Sounds like the beginning of a John Hughes movie. It, I wish my life was a John Hughes movie. It was not a John Hughes movie, although they did film the John Hughes movies like in the North Side. I don't know. It sounds a little pretty in pink. No, it was like sweating to death with no air conditioning and not having enough food stamps to get through the beginning of the month. It was not pretty in you pink. You didn't have a guy like Ducky? No. That came and rescued you? Nothing like that? No white knights charging no, in? No, but that's the problem, Ken. Because I grew up thinking that I was going to have some white knight rescue my me. My God, John Hughes is a bastard. It is? No, seriously. <laughs> I'm not even... I know. I didn't realize until right now that, like, how much you must have had expectations of, like, you know, some handsome guy Ken, named Josh coming Ken, in and rescuing Ken, you. Ken, this wearing is what flannel it's like. This is what it's like. On his white being charger. socialized as a woman or a female, you know, as a girl... But socialized as a female in 80s America was every single Disney princess was a helpless, hopeless woman waiting for a man to rescue her. And the man didn't even ask consent. Like he persisted and persisted and persisted. And the woman always said, no, 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 no. And then finally she gave in. And then John Hughes movies and every every piece of media. So that's what I thought my life would be. Is- so Disney movies are close to being rape. Actually, they are, yes. Like, Sleeping Beauty, like, all kissing her. When, when is it cool to make out with an unconscious woman, Ken? If that happened today, we'd be like, consent! But, but it, it was romanticized. I really want to give you a sarcastic answer to that, but I'm going to be more sensitive. Okay. <laughs> it's anyway. never okay to make out with a pregnant, or not pregnant. Really. <laughs> <laughs> when you get a little bit of a, what are you thinking about pregnant women? I, yeah. He has a pregnant woman thing. But I... Yeah, unconscious people, that's awful. No. Yes. Yes. Yes or no? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm getting off track. But so, oh, I grew up and I thought that every boy that liked me, I'm going to tell my watermelon story because my mother didn't talk to me about sex until she was like, okay, all the boys are thirsty. You've got to talk about Debbie's face. Hold on. All the boys are thirsty, and it's a hot summer day. And tell them why you're telling the story. You have to give them the, the the preface ahead of this, otherwise it just doesn't make any sense. Because I was 14, and guys were I don't understand. Debbie's face. She got sad on. That and had then, nothing to do with the watermelon. Well, you story, said it before. Because. <laughs> what was that? I don't know. My computer made a noise. I don't even think they could hear it. But. That, but before you talked about Debbie's face and your mom <laughs> sat on it and then suddenly watermelon was coming out of your cooch. Because one of the eight zillion times you recorded this intro, it was in the natural course of the conversation. This conversation's not going like that. I didn't understand. So now, I thought that one happened after the other and you couldn't have the watermelon pussy if you didn't have the sitting on the face no, of the those Debbie. those had nothing to do with each other. You were just asking, who's Debbie? How do you know her? Da, da, da. And then I was like, oh, by the way, my mom sat on her face. <laughs> Okay, so now you really fucking wanted me to tell the story. All right, I'll cut up the fucking speed. All right, do it. Do it. So my friend Debbie, my childhood friend, uh, (laughs) spent the night at our house, and my mother was a street peddler. She was a balloon lady, so she would go out on Friday and Saturday nights and sell balloons to like the night nightlife people. 
And she came home at three o'clock in the morning, didn't know Debbie was spending the night. Debbie was on the couch. She was real skinny. She was kind of like in the couch cushions. Debbie, she, not your mom. Right. And she, Debbie slept with a pillow over her face. So my mom came in and sat right on Debbie's face because she didn't know Debbie was sleeping on the couch. But anyway, that has nothing to do with my watermelon because. But this is the story that I heard before the watermelon with yes. no pause in between. Okay. So Debbie and I were about 14. Debbie's a year older. She's 15. And my mother, this is the only sex talk we really ever had, except for when she was like, I'm putting you on the pill when you go to the doctor. And I was like, why? I'm not having sex. And she's like, because you're going to want to fuck. And I was like, okay. That was our second conversation about sex. But this was men or boys, teenage boys are very thirsty. And every day of their lives is a hot summer day and they have nothing to drink. And women are watermelon. We are nice, cool juicy, delicious pieces of watermelon. Really, the watermelon's in between our leg, but when they see us, all they see is the watermelon. So they will do anything. Is is it seedless? Yeah, my watermelon's seedless. (laughs) (laughs) No, so these boys will do anything to get the watermelon. They will lie. They will pretend that they like you. They will tell you they love you. They will pretend they're interested in your interest just because they have their eyes on the watermelon. So that became our code word when we were teenagers. With all my group of friends was, hey, you know, I, I really like that boy, Christopher. And then one of our other friends would say, yeah, but I think he's just in it for the watermelon. So wait, this just started off with you and Debbie, but then like your whole group of friends started using that as a phrase term yes. for their vaginas. Yeah, there was a group of probably 10 girls where we would just say like, ooh, or it would even be like, oh my God, you kicked me in the watermelon. Like the actual vagina slash vulva became a watermelon. And that's all that men saw or teenage boys saw because they were hormonal teenage boys. But back to fucking Disney movies. Wait, wait John I, have, Hughes. I, have, I have one thing to add before what? John Hughes. So I, I got sex education pretty early on for my mom, and she was very accurate with it, with anatomy, physiology, telling me what condoms were, how pregnancy happened, and had like one of those Your Body and You books that she would read along with me. So I come from a very different perspective, that it was a very healthy way. I don't know if there was – I mean, there wasn't anything about kink or anything at that age, but – definitely there was some sex education going on in our house for both me and my sister. Like that was something that was imperative to my mom, that she was a very good educator that way. I don't think my mother ever uttered the word vagina. She just said pussy. And she said it like pussy. And I was like, oh, stop saying pussy. You're my mother. Oh, it was awful. No, with us it was penis and vagina. Wow. Yeah, I got dick and pussy from my mother. (laughs) (laughs) And I got penis and vagina from my mother. Listen to that out of context. Be Mr. Furley listening through the podcast. Now, if you're just walking into the podcast right now, it's way more interesting than you ever imagined. Yes. Okay, go. But back to John John Hughes Hughes and Disney movies movies, movies, is I grew up with this attitude that I had no sexual agency. I, I didn't even know consent was a thing that I could say no. Basically, there will be boys that are, you know, soon to be men when I get older that are going to try and go out with me. I'm going to say no, 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 no a million times. If they persist, that means they're really a good catch because they're willing to be romantic and persist. And then that means I should go out with them. And then I did. And suddenly I'm in an 11 year relationship and I have a child. You know what? It's it's interesting that that's, you know, they when I was young, the, the young boys were trained to just 
keep persevering until somebody gives in. You know, like consent and negotiation health issues weren't brought into it anywhere. It was all about like, let me give you a massage. And then suddenly you were trying to get grabbed for a clit. And it was something that was awkward. And I'm so glad that we have the opportunity to to give sex education to people now and school them a little bit on you know, just treating people like a, like a human being. Yeah. I, I think that, I think that's very important that like, it's, you know, I think everybody should be a feminist, um, that there needs to be an equal playing field for everybody in that you can't really understand anyone until you, you know, walk a mile in their shoes. Mm-hmm. I know, I know for me, it was just every, every boy was after my watermelon and, and I was chasing your watermelon at that age. <laughs> I was, I, I, you know, I regret how I was back then. I feel guilty about it. I feel rapey about it, but you know, this is one of the ways that we were taught and hopefully that we can do something to change and move forward with this rather than continue on stereotypes and bad sex education. Mm-hmm. And I was also taught that watermelon or that, I don't know what's the other equivalent of hot dogs were my only option. <laughs> I didn't know that like, you hey, could also be the I, watermelon I, chaser. I could have some watermelon too. Like I didn't have my first watermelon until I was 35. So it's a long time with no watermelon. Man, was that watermelon good? That very first watermelon. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, growing up with that attitude, I ended up, I now my oldest daughter is 22 and my youngest one is almost 16. And, I went from relationship number one where we never really use, we never use sex toys. I think like he tied up my hands once and it was like, Oh my God, we're being so kinky. And that was it. We never talked about sex. Like it just kind of happened, you know? Uh, and then I, that relationship ended for, you know, it was one of those cases of really nice guy, fun to party with, but he never grew up. And suddenly I have a kid and he's like still 18 and drinking beer and not going to work. So it's one of those. So we break up and then I, I meet somebody else who really bad abusive relationship. And I was a corporate in the corporate world. I worked at the number two ad agency in the world for 17 years. I was a corporate working mom. And I was the type of person where it was like, oh my God, nobody can know that a girl like me is in an abusive relationship. Like I'm educated. I, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it was the last thing people would expect. So I really worked on hiding it because I, I was ashamed that like, how could I be so stupid? So then that relationship lasted eight years. So then, and that was hell to get out. Like that is a whole nother like podcast. But, uh, in my mid thirties, I finally got out of that relationship. And that's when I was like, you know, all this sex stuff I've been fantasizing about and all this kinky stuff that I never did and all this watermelon I've never eaten yet. I'm going to go learn about it and I'm going to do it. And so I did at the same time recession hit. I got laid off from my dream job that was really squishing my soul and killing me. And so I ended up becoming a sexuality educator, which when I was in college, I wanted to major in psychology and get into sexuality education. And then my family freaked out and I minored in women's studies, which is now helpful. And um, I ended up picking marketing because it was the only the closest I could get to psychology without actually being a psychologist and, you know, getting into business and hopefully making some money. So that's where I ended up. And then I met you on FetLife.com, the kinky Facebook, the kinky social networking site. And now we're sexuality educators. We have a TV show. We're married. There you go. Bam. Bam. I don't know. Did I leave anything out? 
So we teach nope. we teach stuff, yeah, everything from we teach KP. together all over the United States from everything from uh, great places like Castle yeah. Megastore. Oh, yeah. internationally, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, like I said, Castle Megastore. We teach at different conferences for both BDSM and sexuality, and we're sort of crossover people. For years, I've had a lot of high friends in very low places, and that I've always been involved at the CD side of sexuality with everything from manufacturing, wholesale, retail. Uh, like design and R and D on different sex toys, uh, worked at sex shops, owned an S and M dungeon. Actually, I've owned a couple of dungeons in my life and been heavily involved with the kink community for a very long time. Living that lifestyle that just makes me so happy. Um, yeah. And I, and we're both writers. We're sexuality writers. Um, I also work with the adult pleasure products industry on like R and D and testing and all that stuff. Uh, what else? TV show. A uh, little bit of everything. Yeah, now, a little bit of now everything. It's time for a break. Ooh, it's time for a break. Give me a break. No, they're not sponsoring. No, us. they're not sponsoring us. Fuck them. I think they would. No, no it's too sex. Too much sex. Nope. Too nope. much sex. Okay. All right, take a break. Right. We'll be right back. You know how important it is to support small, woman-owned, sex-positive, queer, and trans-friendly businesses? Well, the next time you're in the market for sex toys, lube, or other pervy supplies, check out earlytobedshop.com. That's early, the number two, bedshop.com. You can get 10% off almost anything they carry by using my affiliate discount code SUNNY. That's S-U-N-N-Y at earlytobedshop.com. Hey, psst, did you know that American Sex has a Patreon page? Patreon.com is a great way for you to show your support for this podcast. It works kind of like, I don't know, funding for National Public Radio or how PBS works. If you like our work and the fact that we provide it to the world free of charge, you can help financially support it. And depending on how much you pledge, you might even get a nifty, cool reward. Oh, and everybody who pledges gets access to our private Patreon feed that's just for supporters. So you're thinking about it? You want to know more? Check out the details at patreon.com backslash American Sex. We're back, Ken. Woo. Woo. We are not woo-woo, by the way. Nope. We're very, I don't know, science-minded, practical. Although I have a hard time reconciling that with the uh, astrology part of me. I do I do write an astrology column, and I'm a professional psychic and ghost hunter. You know, I've got to say, though, even though this is... Although I'm an atheist. Right. Even though this has nothing to do with sex, I firmly believe that there some of this, you know, mystical, weird stuff we can't explain, that there is science behind it. We just don't know it yet. There you is. Know, and that's quantum physics. That's where or, I'm coming yeah. from. But it's hard to say that you're not woo when yeah. you believe in something that's slightly woo. I, I believe in maybe one woo, but not woo-woo. Yeah, I'm a, a little woo here and there, but I'm not, a tiny bit woo. Not much woo. So, Sonny had called me earlier. I was driving back from my weekly Dungeons & Dragons game. And I was in the car, and she says, hey, uh, we were talking about different subjects we wanted to talk about on the podcast this evening. And she says, well, what about fubbing? And I'm like, well, what What the hell is fubbing? And she... <laughs> you said subbing. We're both dominants. I'm like, no, fubbing with the P. I I was going to leave out the part where I'm old and couldn't hear you. 
We can't hear each other sake. all the we, time. All the time. We're yeah. old and we can't hear half of anything. So, yes, I did think she said subbing at first. But eventually I found out that it was fubbing. P-H-U-B-B-I-N-G. After a long, funny, sort of like who's on first conversation about subbing. Ended up being fubbing, which is... Sort of like being snubbed. It's snubbing and phone put together. So, so it's like people that, So it's people that are looking at their phone instead of physically interacting with another person. If I'm if I'm understanding this correctly. And I I wish this was on video right now because as Ken's talking, I'm actually scrolling through my phone. But so which is a real dick maneuver in my opinion. I think fubbing is a dick maneuver. Well, no, okay. This article was on sluttygirlproblems.com that I I first heard of fubbing. And it's basically that it's a dick move, like you said, that you should be paying attention to It is a dick move. No, specifically, it's talking about fubbing on a date. No, 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 no. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, it is talking about, that's one instance, fubbing on a date. So if you're on a date, if you're on a date... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we have neighbors, Sonny. You're screaming right now, and it's two in the morning. Okay. If you're on a date, and you're supposed to be paying attention to each other, and you pull out your phone, and you start looking at it, yes, that is a dick, dick move. move. But it's also talking about you're in a relationship, and you sleep together, like like actually sleeping, sleeping, and you wake up in the morning, and you roll over, and you pick up your phone. That that's a dick move. They were saying like maybe you could be having morning sex, but instead you're checking your email or whatever. So that's where I'm like, wait a minute, because you and I are very tech oriented. Yes, we're very connected. See, we, I don't see a problem with that. Like that's that's well, business and like no, 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 not even that, not even that. But what you and I will be sitting on the couch or wherever, sitting in bed even, right? And we'll both be scrolling through Facebook or Twitter or whatever it is, reading articles. And then one of us will say to the other, like, oh, did you hear what happened? Blah, blah, blah. I'm reading this article. Or, oh, did you, you know, gossip about a friend that posted a status, whatever. And I I like that. To me, that's bonding time. It's like the old days when the husband and wife would be sitting on the couch together reading newspapers right next to each other. And then every once in a while, if you're reading it, like... We could oh, do that if you wanted to. No. But every <laughs> once in a while, you turn, you're like, oh, I just read this really cute story about this baby seal. And then you talk about it or whatever. What's wrong with the newspapers? There's nothing wrong with newspapers. But right now, people don't read newspapers. Instead, we read phones. So to me, it's the same thing. There's nothing wrong with that. It's actually a bonding activity, Ken. In some instances, yes, I agree. It is a bonding activity like the ones you mentioned. But I think if you're out on a date, it's rude. Yeah, if you're on a date, it's unless. But I'm old. Unless, Ken. Oh, for fuck's sake. You have, um, like, Jeju and WeVibe. These are manufacturers of sex toys. You have one of those wearable sex toys that is controlled by a Bluetooth app. And let's say I've got, WeVibe just came out with a butt plug. Let's say, this is just pretend. Let's say I I had a butt plug in your butt, Ken, and we went out to dinner, and then when you were in the middle of ordering, I hit my app and made your butt go. Then you know what would happen? I would scream just like I did last night when I walked in on you in the bathroom. (laughs) That was funny. So that would be a good reason to have your phone, right? Having your phone and utilizing it for some stuff isn't the same as fubbing, because fubbing, you're not... You're, you're not getting the snubbing part of it in that example. 
Right. You're not being. You're subbed. interacting with them. Right. But so but, it's not fubbing. But 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 I think that's finteracting. <laughs> phone interacting. It's phone interacting. That is phone interaction. Fubbing would be if you're snubbing the person and not ignoring them and not vibrating something in their ass. Although you could be. Yes. I think, though... And that's fucking rude. I think we have too many catchy terms for shit we're not supposed to be doing. Like, we think... That was a little bit about what my eye roll was about with the the word fubbing, because we already have words for that. Well, I mean, I look at, like, ghosting, for example. Ghosting is when you have been dating somebody, or it could even be a friend, and for whatever reason, you don't want to engage with that person anymore, and instead of picking up the phone and you know, saying I break up with you or I don't want to talk to you anymore. You just ghost them, meaning you just stop returning their phone calls until they you act passive aggressive until they go away. Exactly. And a lot of people, you know, once we have a term for something here in America, tying it back to the theme of our podcast, once you have a name for something, we start doing what stereotypical Americans do and start thinking in very black and white binary, like, if you are ghosting 100% of the time, all the time, it is a bad thing. There is no excuse for ever ghosting. And the way I look at it, like I've ghosted plenty of times and I don't think I'm wrong for it because now go back to me living in a John Hughes movie and a Disney princess kind of environment where men were persistent, 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 persistent to the point of stalkering because that's how they were taught to be. And everybody thought that that was acceptable. I tell, uh, you know, and I've learned from experience, I tell a boy or man or whoever I was dating at the time, I don't want to be with you. They don't listen because they're taught to push and push and push and push. I'm a woman. Sometimes men like that can be dangerous. It's not just you're annoying. Like you can be, you could hurt me. So therefore, for me, ghosting became a better option for my safety. Well, yeah, of course. I just disagree. I mean, you're not, you're not engaging somebody that has a temper to begin with or somebody whose buttons are easily pushed in some manner. So you're, you know, but what does that have to do with fubbing? I'm just saying. That as Americans, we assign a name to something and then we're Mm -hmm. like, it's always bad all the time. And we don't think of the nuances where in some cases it might be okay. In some cases, suddenly you're the fucking asshole if you do this under any circumstance. I don't agree with that, Ken. I don't either. Okay. All right. You ready for another break? Sure. All right. One, two, three. Go. Break. No, break. One, two, three, break. Oh, fuck. Okay. I'll do it over. One, two, three, break. Oh, shit. Oh, fuck. Okay, on break time. or before? Okay. Okay, on break. Okay. One, two, three, break. I know you're fancy, and I know you've been eyeing some of those luxury sex toys, haven't you, you frisky little fox? Well, I also know that you enjoy a good discount, don't you, dear? You now can get 20% off your entire order, plus free shipping, at luxury sex toy retailer Lalo.com with discount code SUNNY. Yes, dear, you heard me right. 20% off anything your little heart, or, well, <clears throat> other parts, desire at com using discount code S-U-N-N-Y. Yes, dear, you can thank me later. 
Castle Megastore. Once you see their sex toys, you'll want more. I have no idea if Castle Megastore actually has a theme song, but I really dig Castle Megastore. So that's my gift to you, Castle, your very own theme song. And you, listeners, get a gift, too. If you go to CastleMegastore.com and use discount code SUNNY, that's S-U-N-N-Y, when you check out, you will receive 20% off your order. That's amazing! Castle Megastore. When you get your sex toys, you'll be on the floor because you'll be using them so much and they'll be so awesome and you'll save so much money. You'll get more than one and then you'll climax for a really long time and you'll just be passed out and you'll be like, oh my God, give me water. There's the best orgasm ever. What are we going to talk about next, Ken? I don't know. How? We, we got like one more second. We're only at 38 minutes. That's fine. It no, have we to need to do one more segment. We need to, we need to be at least 45 minutes. Make it fast. I want to go away from here. I need to go away. Why? Do you I, hate me? No, I want to smoke a joint and play video games really bad. Come on. We've only been doing this for four hours, Ken. It's like three or two or something. I don't know. It's late. It's three something in the morning, I think. All right. You got to be a little quieter because we have neighbors. Okay. That's another reason I didn't want to do this. It's like, cause you get so loud and animated that it's. It's all my fault. Yeah. You're the one who's loud. <laughs> okay. All you're right. just going to put a label on me. Loud would be a good and label loud, for you. Loud is bad. Loud is an excellent time. label for you. Okay. All right. Maybe this will be our first segment. Ready? What do you want to talk about? Bickering is the fourth segment. Bickering is our, is the sixth love language. It is our love language. So, Ken, what's your love language? English? No, the five love languages. I don't know what that means. It's like five love languages. It's like touch and... Language. This sounds pretty woo-woo. It's not woo-woo, Ken. It's important. Let me, let me remind... Like Cosmo important? No, like there's a whole book on it and everything. Hold on. A oh, second. a whole book. Shut up. Did somebody on the internet write about love language? No, it's it's very... it's. It's a thing. Hold on. Okay. Can you be specific as I'm, to who the thing I'm was made by? Five love language. Is it a book? Is it a TV yes, show? What yes. Is it? I'm so glad I have a phone. See, I'm not fubbing you. I'm not fubbing you. I know you're phone or acting. I'm phone or acting. Understanding the five love languages. Who is it by? Here, Wikipedia. Five love languages. How to express heartfelt. Oh, shit. It, who is it I'm by? All the words can't happen at the same time, Ken. I'm looking for two of them. The five love languages. <laughs> two, a first name, a last name. By? By Gary Dr. Chapman. It Gary outlines the Chapman. five ways to express and experience love that Chapman calls the love languages. These five love languages are gift giving, quality time, words of affirmation, acts of service, devotion, and physical touch. None of the above. Really? Is your love language blowjobs? That's one of my love languages. I'm multilingual. I think your love language... I don't know. I think this is see, made up horseshit. No, see, I don't know if it's made up horseshit. Because it is total made up I horseshit. Have, I have always tried to think, what's my love right, language? I'm looking up the fucking love language okay. thing on my phone so that we can talk about I this. have always tried to figure out what's my love language. So gift For giving, real you have? Yeah, seriously, and I can't decide. So that's Okay, why, why like, do you think this is something real? 
Who who is it that told you that? I don't know. Lots this of person people talk is... about the love languages. Okay, is he a psychologist? What's his background? Why don't you? There's Wikipedia in your hand. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, gift giving. I mean, I like gifts, but I don't. I'm not very materialistic, and I kind of get like, don't give me shit because that doesn't prove your love. So, I'm not a gift giver. Quality time, yeah. Words of affirmation, yeah. Acts of service, yeah. Physical touch, don't fucking touch me unless you touch me right. Okay, real quick. What? So, Gary Chapman is a graduate of the Moody Bible Institute. What? Really? He holds a Bachelor's of Arts and a Master's of Arts degree in anthropology from Wheaton College and from Wake Forest University. He has received the Master of Religious Education and the Doctor of Philosophy from the Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. So this is a book coming from a Christian point of view. No, I know. I went to Calvin College in Grand Rapids, Michigan, which was the counterpart to all of these. And, and that's how you ended up I can fucking tell you on that the this altar. Is, yes, and I fucked many people anally on the altar. And this is something that is not coming from a sex-positive point of view. I challenge you to reread this book. Take a look at it. Not just look at it briefly on the internet and Google your five love languages that you didn't even know what they were to begin with, but actually read the fucking thing and tell me if this is something you actually stand by rather no, than it's I, something that you heard. I, I don't. Because I call, I call you out, ma'am. I call you out. Okay. Because I. I think you're bullshitting. No. You, have you even read this book? No, I haven't. Okay. I have not. I have not. I've read okay. a lot about it on the internet, but I have not read the book. I have heard lots of people talk about their love languages, and I've always been confused about my love languages because I'm like, you know, three of them pretty equally seem to fit me, and I can't decide, and the other two are no. So Chapman travels the world presenting seminars on marriage, family, and relationships, and his radio programs air on more than 400 stations. Well, I mean, just because someone is, even though I'm not religious, I'm an atheist, but just because someone is religious doesn't mean that they're not. They're not, my love language is Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior. It is <laughs> not, but oftentimes people that have extreme theological backgrounds are coming from a particular point of view, which we happen not to share. Yes. And I'm certain that Mr. Chapman is probably talking about the love and relationship and happiness of cis hetero couples oh, totally. that are in a loving, committed marriage type however, relationship. However, I, I, I do not think, and let me finish, please. Okay. I do not think that this is geared towards poly people, towards kinky people, towards queer people, maybe not even towards people of color. I would challenge that this is written from a white male cis hetero perspective that is concentrated within the Christian religion, specifically evangelical Christians. Okay, before I continue with my rebuttal, because I've got one, yep. explain what his, cis is to our listeners, please. Cis is somebody who identifies with the same sexual organs that they're born with. So, for example, I have a prostate, a penis, and testicles, and I identify as a male. I am a cis male. Right, and the opposite it of is cis the opposite is someone who's trans. trans. Right. So, like our good friend Buck Angel is, in fact, I want to hear him say, my name is Buck, and I like to fuck. I don't know why I want to hear him say that, but I would like to I hear I think him. I have heard him say that somewhere. I don't know. That's awesome. But, but uh, okay, my rebuttal is. So, yeah, Buck, my so rebuttal Buck is, is a trans man. My, my rebuttal is, even though these five love languages and the details around them might be kind of like, eh, I do have to say there's something to be said for communication styles. So, mm -hmm. for instance, I express my love by wanting to be with you all the time and wanting to be interacting with you all the time. And for me, that's my way of saying, 
I love you without actually saying I love you. You know what I mean? But for you, that might be really fucking annoying. For you, you want me to tell you I love you by like giving you your space. And, you know, because you do like space. So you are putting your definition on this guy's terms is essentially what you're telling me. You're explaining this as, so like I literally, I could make up any five, like I could create no, five totally, sentences totally, that are love languages. Totally. Like I don't think all of the love language, like his might be, uh, okay. The only good, thing I was combative, the only thing start. I was combative about it is that I think that this has, if you get down to the nuts and bolts of this particular book, you're going to find that it doesn't have a whole lot in oh, common totally. with how we feel and how we oh, think. Oh, totally. I agree Which is why that. I challenged yes. you on it because I know that you're very good. You're very smart about like reaching out to the internet, knowing all of these resources. Mm-hmm. But when it comes down to it, let's take a look at like who this person is. No. Where, yeah. what is their background? What is make, what makes them an expert in this particular thing? Right. Oh, I, I totally agree with you, but I think, you know. So to answer your question, I don't have a love language. Yes, you do. I do not. So if I were to define love language for me, what if, is what is define love language? If, maybe I can tell you what it is. I maybe were, I don't have an understanding. Can I define it in my like? Absolutely. Okay. For instance, there is somebody that we both know that. This sounds like a bad beginning to a story. <laughs> okay. Let's not out anybody. Okay. Let's change your story. Okay, I don't know where you're going. Listen, out. listen. I don't know where you're going with it. Stop okay. it right there. Put New a pin story. in it. New, New story. story. <laughs> New story. Okay. Make it hypothetical. Hypothetical. I, let's say I'm in a relationship with a completely new hypothetical husband. Okay. His name is Ted. Ted always, he doesn't spend a lot of time with me. He doesn't like. Ted Wivernborg. Ted, Ted Wivernborg <laughs> doesn't sit and talk about silly shit with me that I like to do and just sit around and do nothing and chit chat and have coffee with me because he thinks that's stupid. He shows his love, not even by telling me that he loves me, which I like to hear, like, hey, I love you, or you look pretty today, or whatever. He, in his mind, Ted Herbert, 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 whatever the fuck his name was. What's his last name? Wivernbork. Okay, I'm a Mrs. <laughs> Wivernbork. So, Ted Wivernbork. It's not Ted Melvoinberg, it's Ted Wivernbork. <laughs> okay, Ted I get it now. He Wyvern shows like me, the dragon, Bork like in Bork Bork. He shows Wyvern, me. Bork. He shows me he loves me by bringing me home presents. So I have diamond bracelets that I'm never gonna fucking wear. I have flowers that fucking just die. I hate flowers. But he thinks if he buys me all these gifts and he buys he gives me a puppy that I'm gonna be like you love me, and I'm just like I want more shit in my house i want you to spend time with me so my love language is spend time with me and tell me that you love me where and his love language is i'm gonna give you material things and we don't know why we hate each other because we don't understand we have different love languages okay so what's your love language ken uh, oddly enough it is also spending time with me um i would like spending time with yourself no 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 i, I love when you spend time with me when we go out and do st- stuff like uh, playing D and D together, for example, or like game top stuff, like that kind of quality time to me means a lot. That that's what you're looking for is like quality time, like yeah. what makes me happy. I like that. See, what about when I'm like, I like D and Ding with you. Can I love you? Well, I love you too. No, I'm not saying I love you. Oh. I mean, I love you, but it does go fuck that- yourself. <laughs> 
<laughs> is does that make you feel are you just like yeah whatever words just words or are you like oh does your heart tingle when i tell you i love you can i give you a two-part answer to that one yes the first initial reaction is oh fucking words and then the second part is somebody really loves me oh that's for real so sweet not just somebody but my wife loves me and she has romantic feelings for me and that's awesome really but at first it's like eh, and then i appreciate it like a couple minutes later so although my initial reaction may be like callous or off-putting you know it's really that it hasn't had time to process all the way what you said and what you meant by it and why you were saying it you know until a couple minutes goes by like last night when i screamed like a little girl when i walked into the bathroom (laughs) (laughs) So I'm sitting on the toilet. I have the door partially open, mostly open, but closed enough where I'm hidden behind the door. And he comes in and I, I like to scare people because I'm an asshole. I like to be like, boo. And I didn't even have to do that. He opens the door and sees me and makes this, he goes, (laughs) and grabs his heart like Sanford and son. So I was legitimately, I mean, normally I'm the guy that runs out when there's like gunfire and like in front of our house. We live in oh, Chicago. Oh, okay, We're in an up and coming okay. neighborhood. There's gunfire outside. He runs outside with a baseball bat. I do. I'm like, I do this. It's not you? like I'm scared of it. I was in the service. Like I did all these things. I was a bouncer for years. And okay. I, as I was heading downstairs, I swore that I heard Sonny in our bedroom and I went into the bathroom. I was going to take a shit and I was going to read my player's handbook for the game that we had today. And I was going to sit down enjoy myself, take a nice, comfortable shit, read my player's handbook. And what I was not expecting to see was my wife on the toilet looking all creeper with her eyes sideways, being quiet, not saying anything, scaring the living shit out of me. And I just lost control. And I went, ah! You didn't lose your shit, though, because it's kind of like, no, your shit actually crawled back up. You didn't have to. Oh, it did. And then I didn't have to poop anymore after that because, yeah, it got scared back up into me. But I actually felt like, you know, all of my extremities started getting cold because the blood was drawing towards the center of my body. And there was a definite fight or flight thing. My hackles on the back of my neck raised. My arm hair, if I had any, would be uh, would have been raised. That probably looked like a you know a chicken. And then, cooked. of course, I turned into a major sex geek because one of the um, classes that we're developing is fear, fear play in BDSM, which is bondage and discipline, domination and submission and sadomasochism. But we'll get into that in another episode. So I'm like, oh, did did the heart beating and stuff, like, can you relate that to sex and BDSM? And he's like, no, I'm just fucking scared. No, I can't shit. So. And it was really that visceral, but it's, it was pretty funny. And I don't even know why we're talking about this at this point. There were, we had a point. Did we have a I point here? I don't remember it what it was. We have to listen back. But love languages. Love languages. They're full of shit. No, you're full of shit, Ken. You have a love language. It's just the ones that they give are maybe full of shit. I don't have a love language. I have, you you know, maybe do have, I have a love language. I have a way that I like to express my love. I don't necessarily and want to call it my way, love no, language. No, but you have a way that you expect to receive love back. Like, if I didn't love you back, like Ted first, my husband, what's his name? Ted Wivernborg. <laughs> Ted Wivernborg. <laughs> Why can't you remember your husband's name? Because we shouldn't be married. Poor Ted we don't Wivern have Bork. compatible love languages. But he gives Ken. you diamond bracelets. I don't care about stuff, Ken. 
it's more shit to clog up my house. One more thing I have to think. What if I get Another robbed? diamond bracelet? <laughs> what would I ever throw it in the pile with all of the others? I wouldn't want a diamond bracelet. Can I be afraid to wear it? Because what if I lo- lost it? And then if I didn't Save wear it. Save it for the money fight, dear. If I- <laughs> Shut up. If I didn't wear it, then I'd be like, oh, Ted's probably pissed because I never wear the diamond bracelet, but I'm afraid I'm a little... Like, it's just... Poor it's, Ted Wivernbork. It's a, it's, it's a wristband of anxiety. It is, does not represent love to me whatsoever. And if Ted only showed his love that way, and I was, like, frustrated, like, Ted, why don't you love me? And he's like, but I do love you. I give you diamond bracelets. I'm like, Ted, that's not love. And he's like, yes, it is. If we only had the language that hey there are different love languages and you are expecting a different thing than what i'm giving maybe we wouldn't get divorced from ted workerberg wyvern bork (laughs) wyvern bork see what i'm saying yeah but love languages are full of shit all right i think but i do think that there are great ways to express ourselves and what it is that we need and we can do more effective communication Everything doesn't have to need have like some kind of a special label or a weird but, book to explain but, but it all. But Ken, like you were saying, the kind of your average stereotypical cis hetero couple, your quote unquote average American that doesn't talk to each other about sex, doesn't talk to each other about their relationship. Like we we talk very openly with each other. We can we say do. this is how I'm feeling. A lot of people. Can't Close even, it up. Well, that's why like, I was talking earlier. Well, let me finish my sentence, Ken. No. I'm expressing that I want to finish my <laughs> sentence. No. A lot of people can't even talk about what they're feeling because they can't even identify it within themselves because we are so illiterate when it comes to our emotions that if people who are illiterate when it comes to their emotions have stupid love languages that maybe aren't exact, it's better than nothing. You know what? I would have an easier time swallowing it if it was called emotional literacy than love languages. Okay. So, yes, I think we both have emotional literacy. That's what I'm calling it from now on. I'm making my own made-up word for it. But we have emotional literacy, but my language might be French and yours might be German, Ken. Or your emotion might be love and mine might be lust. Then we're back to watermelon. You're only in it for the watermelon. (laughs) I married you and you just want my watermelon? I want your boobs, too. My cantaloupes and my <laughs> I think this is um This is a, an excellent place to stop. This really is an excellent place to stop. Now you can find us at this link down below. No. There it's this is a visual again. Down I, below. <laughs> <laughs> I just peed, I'm peeing in my pants right now. Okay, our next, let's, let's next leave week that we'll in. talk let's about leave that in for real. We'll talk about pelvic floor exercises. <laughs> and how, and how, how audio on the internet works and that we're not being videoed. <laughs> All right. Goodbye, right. everyone. Goodbye, everyone. We'll see you next week. Okay, or, bye. No, we'll hear you. Fuck, we just went over this. Okay, bye. I seriously peed in my pants. <laughs> you cut it down. Thank <laughs> you. Thanks for listening to American Sex. To keep up with Ken and I, we'll first make sure you watch our TV show, Sex with Sunny Megatron, on Showtime. Then visit SunnyMegatron.com. There you can learn more about us, read our blog, peruse our workshop calendar, or hire us. For what? Well, either for private coaching, or to book us to teach at your event or university, or as sex and relationship writers for your publication. Oh, and don't forget, we're on social media, too. 
I'm the super social one, so you can find me at Sunny Megatron on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, my YouTube channel, and a bunch of other places. But if you want to get me on Snapchat, you got to look for Sunny underscore Megatron, and you can follow Ken on Twitter at at tag SciChicken. That's P-S-Y-C-H-I-C-K-E-N. Also, please support us by shopping with the affiliates and sponsors from our breaks. And if you contribute to our Patreon, we're going to love you forever. Well, we're going to love you forever anyway, but just go with it. Lastly, if you like this broadcast, tell people about it. Tweet it, Facebook status it, and rate it on iTunes and other platforms. Thanks, friends. We'll see you next week on American Sex.